All right, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and today we're going to be talking about regret versus godly sorrow. Regret versus godly sorrow. Hey, thanks for listening. We are closing in on 200,000 streams. I'm actually, I'm pulling up the numbers right now. We're at 198.9 thousand. So probably by tomorrow or the next day, we'll hit 200K. And I want to thank you. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing the podcast. Thank you for all of you who support the podcast financially. We've got so many friends that uh, support, you know, $5, $10 a month. We're looking for 70 more partners uh, to sign up for uh, $1 a day. $30 $30 a month so I can uh, hire a videographer editor and new new announcement I want to hire a social media manager and a podcast manager. I want to just record a ton of episodes and then have someone manage this for me so that they can be posted more regularly because my travel schedule is is picking up. It's uh, getting more intense and uh, I still want to be able to put out regular content. So, if you want to help me be able to hire those positions to get more content out, better content out, sign up at shanewinnings.com. We're looking for 70 people to give $30 a day. We already have 30 people signed up. I'm so grateful. But in order to be able to facilitate hiring those people, uh, we're going to need 70 more. So join at shanewinnings.com and send me a DM on Instagram that you did so I can get you plugged in for our monthly donor Zoom. Um, Final announcement quickly. My Kingdom School it's going to be online from Jan, uh, July 10th through the 14th. That's a Monday through Friday. It's going to be 8 a.m. to noon um, Central Time. I am, or we, we may adjust that a little later, just thinking of those on the uh, West Coast. Um, sign up at the link in this podcast. I will put the application in there. If you can't find it, send me a DM on Instagram. Say, I want to go to the Kingdom School. I will get you the application. It only takes five minutes to fill out, and we'd love to have you. We're going to dive into identity the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about fasting. We're just going to equip you to go out and be a bold Christian who is ready to walk in the Spirit in every possible way. And we'll do the best we can in a week. I think it's going to be fun. All right. We're talking about regret versus godly sorrow. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians uh, 7.10. It says this, Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, but the sorrow of the world, another translation says regret, produces death. Now, what's the difference? Here's what regret really is. Regret is you make a mistake. So, you know, we're Christians. We're, we're free from sin. We've, we've been totally set free by the blood We've been forgiven and cleansed of all sin. So when God sees us, he does not see sin. So I'm not even called to ask for forgiveness from God if I sin. If if I sin out of anger, if I, whatever. I've been forgiven already. This is important for us to remember because we need to build a foundation here. The sins of the world were dealt with on the cross. And when you get born again... You receive the free gift of eternal life, and your sins are cleansed. You receive the gift of what Jesus did on the cross. Your sins are removed. So God doesn't even see sin. When you sin, you have to deal with it 
because your own heart, your own mind, uh, has the ability to be seared, um, to be hardened, to be calloused, and you need to keep it tender towards God. This is why the Bible talks about um, not not sinning uh, willfully, because when you sin and you know you shouldn't, like you make a decision to sin, you sear your conscience like with a hot iron, and you shipwreck your faith. And so it's only through godly sorrow and repentance that you can... And, and re- remember that repentance is a gift. It says this in Acts eleven eighteen and 2 Timothy two twenty five. Repentance is something that's been granted to us, and it is such a thing of freedom because we understand, look, I'm free from sin. I've already been forgiven. Man, I, I missed the mark here, but I know that um, I, don't, I don't need to wonder if I'm forgiven still. I've, I've been forgiven since I got born again. Like, that, that has never changed. My, my forgiveness has never been up for grabs. As soon as I got born again, I was cleansed of all my unrighteousness. I was literally made into a new creation who's never existed before, who does not sin. And this is in James, right? It's talking about when God sees us, he doesn't see our sin. We are people who commit sin, but we don't have sin imputed against us. All these things are super important. And so here's, here's what regret does. And regret really, um, it is very self-conscious and it does not have a proper view of our forgiveness, because our forgiveness is forgetness. God took our sin, he threw it into a sea called forgetfulness. He, he scattered it as far as the east is from the west, he remembers it no more. But regret is like this. You know, you miss the mark, whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm, so, I'm so stupid. I'm such an idiot. I knew better. I never should have done that. I can't believe I did that. Oh, how is God going to forgive me? I knew I knew what I was doing. I can never forgive myself for that. How I don't even know how God loves me when I'm acting like that. Have any of you ever experienced that? Have you ever talked like that maybe? Maybe recently. That is regret and it does not produce any life. Let me ask you this and this might seem like a dumb question, but I need to bring attention to it. Have you ever spoken like that over yourself? And it led you to a good place. Like it just led you to freedom. It led you to, you know, understand that you're forgiven and walk in your proper identity. No way. It can't. Biblically, that line of thinking cannot free you. Because the Bible says that that is worldly sorrow. It's regret and it produces death. It is a sin conscious mind, which the Bible says produces more sin. Now, here's what godly sorrow is, and, and this is the problem in the church today, is that we either preach this incorrectly or we're afraid to preach it, and so we don't. And, and this is the only thing that sets people free, and it's grace. And that word has been so abused and so misunderstood. Paul says that uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So that means that you cannot out-sin God's grace. That anytime you sin, there's more grace to cover your sin. There's, there's never going to be too much sin to cover your grace if you're a believer. But there's like a, it's not really a paradox, but there's something interesting here where Paul, Paul gets to the heart. He says, okay, 
So where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Where sin is present, there's even more grace present. So what, are we going to go out and sin a whole bunch so that grace will be even more present? No way. Absolutely not. That's sick and twisted. That's demonic. That's perverted. That's, that's, that's manipulating grace. That's, that is abusing grace. I'm not going to go sin and say, well, I know God will forgive me. His grace is going to abound even more so I can do what I want. No. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is freedom from the clutches of sin. Because a sin-conscious mind produces sin. We just revealed that when you're in a place of regret, there's no light at the end of that tunnel. I mean, you need something to wake you up from this place of like, how could God ever forgive me? How could I ever forgive myself? I can't believe I did that. I'm so dumb. There is no light at the end of that tunnel. And it's not even biblical because you are already forgiven. That was never on the table. You are loved by God. That was never up for discussion. You need to forgive yourself. I mean, these are things that are biblically uh, sound that you're not abiding by because you are consumed with guilt, shame, and condemnation, which are not from God. So here's godly sorrow. And godly sorrow is legitimately like, I mean, dude, I've sinned as a Christian, and it sucks. Like, when you sin as a Christian, it hurts your heart. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Oh God, I'm so sorry. It's like your heart, you're like, you can't handle it. I remember sinning when I wasn't a Christian and I didn't care. There were, there were plenty of sins that I actually enjoyed and I like tried to plan and do. But then when you get born again, it's like just the thought of going out. I've talked about this before, but like the thought of me going out and buying some liquor right now and just like slamming it down. I mean, that sounds awful. It doesn't even sound fun, but if I were to go do it, I would feel horrible the next day. And guess what? I wouldn't need anyone to find out. I wouldn't need anyone to tell me I shouldn't have done that. I wouldn't need anyone to tell me, hey, you're a Christian, you shouldn't. I wouldn't need that because I've been born again. My heart's been made new. My heart is pure because of the blood of Jesus. And my own conscience, because of the Holy Spirit, would convict me. I don't need an accountability partner to come say, man, you shouldn't have done that. I already know. I would feel like the worst person in the world if I did that. I would be like, dude, what in the world? Why? Why did I do that? That is not who I am. Why? Because God lives in me and my heart's been made pure. And so when I miss it, He's a perfect father, and he will correct me, chasten me, rebuke me, discipline me, whatever. I'm, I'm well aware that I missed it. So this is how you respond. One, that's how you can know that you're being fathered by God, is when you mess up, he's the one who comes in and tells you, hey, that was wrong. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. Here's godly sorrow. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. God, I am so sorry. That is so not who I am. I know who I am. I'm a righteous person. I'm a holy person because of you, Jesus. I'm a person of integrity, of purity, of loyalty. I'm a person of patience, of kindness, of goodness. That is who you've made me, who you're making me into be every day by your Holy Spirit. And, and what I did was so not in alignment with who you created me to be. God, I'm so sorry. 
I thank you that you love me. You haven't changed your mind about me. I thank you that you, you forgive me and that you are, you know, your, your word says a righteous man falls, you know, seven times, but he's going to get back up. And Lord, I, I will not stay down. I'm getting back up. I'm going to stay on this narrow path. I'm going to keep running this race. I know you're not mad at me. I know you're not disgusted with me. I know you're not looking down over your nose at me. You love me. You're cheering me on. You want me to walk in freedom. And God, I, I recognize the reason I did this is because, you know, what, whatever it is. Self-examine right there as you're praying. The reason I did this is because, man, I was just getting so frustrated. I was allowing my flesh to rise up. I didn't, you know, take every thought captive. Or I, I recognize, man, I haven't been spending enough time with you. I've been just kind of starting my day, doing my own thing, and I've been living out of my flesh. I haven't been getting filled by the Spirit, and then look what happens. God, I, I recognize I, I need you in my life every day. I need your word inside of me because I got squeezed by life just now. And my flesh came out. And I know that if you're in me and I'm, I'm dwelling in you every day that when I get squeezed by life, you're going to come out. And so, Father, thank you for correcting me. I can know that I'm your son or your daughter. Thanks for guiding me. Thanks for leading me. Thank you that you won't let me live however I want. You are shaping me. You're molding me. I thank you that the fact that I feel horrible means that I don't want to do that. The fact that I feel horrible shows me that that is not who I am. I've violated my own conscience. I've violated my own spirit. God, thank you for restoring me. I thank you that even though I've missed it, your grace is abounding even more right now. And God, I just say I have no desire to abuse that grace. I didn't wake up and want to sin. I didn't mean to do this. I'm not making an excuse, but I'm just saying I, I, I genuinely believe this is not in my heart. It was just a, you know, I, I messed up or I whatever. And, and God, I thank you that you're, you're, you're growing me every day. Guys, when you pray like that, that is repentance. That is allowing what you did to sink into your heart. You know, you're not you're not just glazing over stuff. Oh, it doesn't matter, you know, that's not who I am. It's okay. No, no, no. You're letting the weight of your your mistake sink into your heart so that you can realize, "Hey, this is what I'm capable of apart from him." Or this is what I did when my eyes weren't on him or whatever, you let that sink in and then you restore yourself in the truth of God's word. And and to repent means to change your mind. It means to think a way you've never thought before. It's a turning away. So when you repent of something, you know, say you have road rage. You could have just spent two hours listening to the best sermon in the world and someone cuts you off and you like yell at them or the, you know, the old part of your flesh tries to rise up again and you you said a curse word or you, in your heart, you wanted to flip someone off or something, you know, just whatever. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, what in the world? Repentance is where you, you go through that process of confessing your sins to the Lord and you're building yourself up back in truth because that's the light. That's the only light at the end of the tunnel is that, man, God, you're not condemning me for this. You're not casting me to hell for this. You haven't changed your mind about me. That's the biggest thing you need to recognize when you miss it. God has not changed his mind. And if we truly love God, we're not going to use that as some excuse to keep living in a wrong way. We're going to repent. We're going to turn away. We're going to say, Lord, I, I see. Man, I've been on this path of just you know, waking up and doing it my own way, and, and then this happens. I can see that the way I've been living set me up for this moment, or I can see that 
my lack of time in the secret place just allowed my flesh to rise up. Or I can see that because I haven't fasted at all or regularly, I've just let my, my flesh have more of a voice than it should. I am going to make a change. I recognize I need you. I need your word in me. I need to be in regular fasting to beat my flesh into submission. I need some discipline in my life. Whatever it is, you just make that uh, determination and you, and you commit yourself to say, Lord, thanks for dusting me off and picking me up. I'm going to keep walking the narrow path. I want nothing to do with that sin. And the best I can, I'm going to walk in a way to avoid letting that happen again. And I think you're going to father me on the way. That's repentance. You're turning away. And you're not a hypocrite. A hypocrite is a, is a play actor. A hypocrite is someone who wakes up and they want to sin and get away with it. A hypocrite would be like, um, if you're, if you've got like a, say, say you have like a, um, I don't know, say you're in it like an affair for like a year, you know, it doesn't have to be a year. It could be months. That is a willful, a decision that you've made to carry out that lifestyle of sin. Very hard to repent not that not saying you can't um but it's very hard to repent from something that you're willfully doing you know if you're in say you're in an affair you are waking up full aware of this affair that you're in and you're you have to make the decision to lie to everybody else to pretend that everything is fine when you're pretending you're a hypocrite when you're putting the face on so that you look like a, a good person but you're behind the scenes, you're just carrying this thing out day by day. I mean, that's hypocritical. That is so different from a Christian. You wake up and you're saying, Lord, thanks for loving me today. There is no desire in me to sin today. I have no desire. There is nothing in me that wants to fall short. All I want to do today is serve you and love you. And you mean that. Like, you genuinely... Your heart is like, dude, I don't want to do anything that's not in God's word. And then throughout life, you bump into temptation and maybe you fail here or there. That is so different from someone who willfully wakes up and continues to live in sin but pretends that they're not. That person is a hypocrite. So I want you to hear me. If you're struggling with something, but you're waking up and you're like, I want to be free. I don't want to, I don't want to do this thing today. I'm done doing this or whatever. Like you are, and you're just, you're, you're ensnared, you're trapped or, or you're doing all right, but here and there you fall that you are not a hypocrite. That is important to understand because if you are a hypocrite, you need to be called a hypocrite so that you can maybe shock some sense into you and, and like, you know, wake you up from this false reality. But if you're not a hypocrite, you need to understand that you're not. Because if you think you're one and you're not, you will be condemned, you will be guilty, you will feel ashamed, and you will feel stuck in a cycle. And if you're in a cyclical uh, view of sin, you're just going to keep reproducing that lifestyle. It's grace that's going to pull you out. When you realize, man, I'm waking up, I'm living pure, my heart, my eyes, my life is set on Jesus. And sometimes I might bump into sin and miss it. Sometimes I might bump into sin and do a good job. 
the, the point of my life is heading towards Jesus. I'm not willfully living in any type of sin. This will help you get free. Because when you miss it and that godly sorrow hits your heart, you have to be able to access the grace of God, which abounds more than sin. I can't stress this enough. And listen, if you hear this and you're using it as an excuse to keep sinning, you've missed the whole point. And you're manipulating a gift from God, and that's a scary place to be. But for for someone who is listening and who is stuck in just a wrong way of thinking, this message should shine a light on that dark area of just a lack of understanding. It is the grace of God that's going to pull you out. When you realize who you truly are, God hasn't changed. God isn't standing there when you've missed it again and you, you feel so beat up about it. You feel so broken about it because you truly want to serve the Lord, but you're, you're falling. God isn't standing there going, oh, yeah, you'll never do that again. Yeah, I've heard that before. Oh, today's the last day. You're, you're, you know, you're never, oh, you know, you wake up the next day and you're saying, Lord, today I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. I'm never going to willfully step into that sin again. God is not going, oh yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Cause you said that before and it didn't work out. God is not that kind of father. I truly believe that when you wake up and you're, you're genuine and you're like, I mean, I've had friends who were stuck in alcoholism, who were stuck in just wrong ways of thinking, habitual sin, I believe that God would look at them, those who want to be free and who are just bound and they need to be free. And they say, God, I never want to do this again. I believe that God would look at them and say, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you never want to do this again. I know. I know that's your heart position. Now, are there some areas in your life that you might lack discipline and that's why you fall into temptation? Totally. Is there a, a lack of understanding that might cause you to, again, fall? Totally. But is your heart position to want to be free? I totally believe that. I When I was a cop, I met so many people who were stuck on drugs that didn't want to be. And I, I firmly believe that they really didn't want to be, but they were. They were bound and they needed to be free. And it's so important that you don't live a life of regret because it will not produce life. It keeps you bound. It keeps you in this hopeless place. We must let godly sorrow enter our hearts. Godly sorrow is, man, I have missed it. I've sinned. I've sinned against God. This is not who I am. And you have to restore yourself and your identity. I don't care what my flesh says. I don't care what the enemy says. I know who I am. I am a holy man or a holy woman of God. I am righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a pure person. I am a person of integrity. I'm a person of honor. You begin to speak these things. And what you are doing, it's not being a hypocrite. It is elevating the word of God over your experience. You have to, you'll never fly higher than your motive. If you think you're worthless piece of crap because you keep sinning, you will live as a worthless piece of crap. American psychology will teach you that. But if you see yourself the way that God sees you, and it's not because of your good actions, <laughs> thank God that, that he doesn't see us for, for who we, uh, who we, how we act, right? He sees us for 
for who Jesus is inside of us and who he created us to be. That's how Jesus could hang on the cross even while we were sinners because he saw the potential for his spirit living inside of us, us being transformed into that same image. He doesn't see the fallen Adam. He sees the Adam that God created, and he sees that if I do this on the cross, then that fallen Adam could become who he was created to be. God never lost sight of you on the cross. And so when you're missing it, when you fall, when you fail, when you whatever, you're struggling, you can't lose sight of who you were created to be either. You have to keep pushing forward to work out your salvation, to walk the narrow path, to day by day allow God to shape, potter, and mold you into who he created you to be. And that means waking up and saying, Lord, I don't care what my flesh says. I don't care what the lies of the enemy say. I don't care that my past tries to condemn me. I don't care that my past tries to whatever. Shame, guilt have no place in my life. I know that you've created me to be holy. And I am holy because of the blood of Jesus. When you see me, you see a holy man, a holy woman. When you see me, you see a righteous person. Thank you for making me righteous. Thank you for giving me a heart of purity. Thank you for cleansing my mind. Lord, I love you, and I want to walk your narrow path. I love your law. I love living by your commands. And you begin to speak these things over your life. And they will begin to wash your mind. They will wash and wash and wash and wash your mind. They will cleanse your mind. They will tenderize and renew your heart. And over time, I've heard this before, um, Christians aren't sinless as in their actions. Positionally, we are without sin because of what Jesus did. But in your actions, Christians aren't sinless, but they should sin less. Could be kind of corny, but I think it's true. You know, the, the further you walk with Jesus, the more that these little stupid sin, the big sins we, we should not have in our lives. I mean, we're born again. There's, you know, we're not going to go out and we're not going to commit adultery. We're not going to go out. We're not going to uh, get wasted. We're not going to go out. We're not going to uh, fight someone or shoot someone. Like, we're not going to do any of these things that we would say are big sins. But it does seem like there's these little ankle biters that have to fall off over time. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You know, there's there's things maybe you're not even aware of, and I've shared this before. I used to watch a TV show called The Office, and I would laugh at these jokes that were inappropriate. Some of them were sexually charged, and I would just laugh, you know, like a that's what she said joke, and I laughed at that. And it wasn't for three years after I got born again until God said, you know, hey, I'm not laughing at that. Do you think I, I think that's funny? I mean, I'd been born again, I'd been preaching on the street, I'd been seeing miracles for three years, and I'd been watching the show, I had no idea, I wasn't even thinking that way. I'm just laughing at a joke, I'm not like thinking any perverse way, but God revealed to me, well, you are thinking perverse because you're laughing at this joke that's sexual in nature, and instantly, I was like, oh my gosh, you're right, and I've never watched it since, I haven't watched that show in over four years. Was I guilty of sin? Yeah, I was guilty of sin for years. I didn't even realize I was walking in that until God spoke to me. So it's over time. This is what God does. He brings to your mind, to your awareness. He brings to light the things in your life that don't look like him in order for godly sorrow to hit your heart so that you repent. How many of you know that as soon as he said that to me, I was like, oh, no way. 
Like, wow, God, I'm so sorry. For years I've been watching this. I didn't even think twice. That was godly sorrow. And then it was, thanks that you're a good father. You're not mad at me right now. You're not angry with me. You're not about to punish me. You're not, you're not about to bend me over your knee and spank me. You're a good father. You're showing me that there's something in my life that is going to lead me away from you or that you don't like, and you're telling me so that I can get rid of it, so I can continue to walk holy. Thank you. And repentance was turning off the show and never watching it again, turning away from it. That is godly sorrow. I hope this is making sense. Listen, over your life, God will come in and he will speak. You can, you can rest assured you don't, I think it's important to reflect on your life, even after this podcast, sit down, examine your life and just say, Lord, are there any areas that are like glaringly obvious right now that are not in alignment with your word? Because I'll get rid of them and do that. I would do that every couple months. Lord, I'm just looking at my life. Is there anything that doesn't line up with you? And just get rid of it. But you can rest assured that over time, if there are areas you're missing it in, he's going to bring it up. He's a perfect father. He won't just let you keep walking the way you're walking. The Lord will bring it up. And when it comes, you let godly sorrow hit your heart. You go, oh, man, now I see. Thank you for opening my eyes. You affirm yourself in truth. You affirm him as a perfect father who's looking out for you. And then you repent. You walk away entirely. Does that make sense? Man, listen, I hope this helped someone get free today from the lie and the, the cycle of shame, guilt, and condemnation. God is a good God. He has granted us the gift of repentance. There is grace for where you've missed it. As true Christians, we would never abuse grace. We love God, but when we miss it, or if we miss it, I should say, um, there, there is an advocate every time. Amen? Hey guys, if this helped you, please share this podcast, send it to some friends and family. Um, I believe that we can really see a lot of people set free from these cycles that just don't produce life. Let's stop being people who are living lives of just regret and not producing any fruit for the Lord. Let's live a life of constant repentance and uh, we can keep burning for a lifetime. Amen.